0: Hi everyone, it's Glenn Kaiser with the Dolby Institute and we're back again at Skywalker Ranch, the home of Skywalker Sound, with Matthew Wood and David Acord to talk about Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. Congratulations on your Oscar nomination. Thank gentlemen. you. Yeah. yeah that's I, super exciting. I feel like it was just a few weeks ago that we sat down in, at Dolby Soho in New York. Yeah. And had a very strange conversation about this film because yeah. I hadn't seen it and you couldn't talk about it. That's right. <laughs> so I'm really glad to, uh, to get to meet up with you guys again here now
1: that uh, we can actually unpack the film and yes. talk about it yes. a little bit. We yes. still remember what we did, right? Kind of, sort so it's of. It's been about a month or so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> still fresh in my mind. <laughs> so,
0: David, you are the you're the supervising sound. You guys are both credited as the supervising sound editor, correct? Editors, yes. and you also did sound design, correct, uh, on the film. This is your second nomination, I think. Second nomination. The first was for Force Awakens. It was Force Awakens? You, you, you guys were both nominated for that. Yeah. And this is your fifth nomination, Matthew. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of the Star Wars films, and there uh, there will be blood, and Wally, and Wally. Yeah. And do you wear the same tux, or do
1: you have different? Tuxes I have. Every time? Uh, hmm. I think I have three. All right. Yeah, because it's time. Is, you know, it's been over ten years. I can't wear the the blue one anymore. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> with the with the ruffles. Yeah, the ruffles. <laughs> the cummerbund I'll still use, but.
0: Yeah. Well, um, now that we can actually talk about the film. Let's unpack it from like the beginning. Exegol, which is a really uniquely sounding place. Tell me about, tell me about revisiting the Emperor, the sort of the sound treatment around the Emperor, and this this kind of crazy, dark, forbidding planet of Exegol.
1: Uh, yeah, I can Will we can... You
2: talk about the dialogue with the Emperor? Oh know, yeah, that sure. Kind of voice so thing with he the Snoke.
1: Yeah, Ian uh, McDiarmid uh, came back, obviously, to do the to reprise the role again. The actor who originally played him in the first trilogy back in the '80s. Yeah, back in the '80s, and also he pl- in the prequels as right. well as uh, uh, Senator Palpatine. So he he came back, and we really wanted this uh, Exegol to have this dark foreboding sort of environment. So we we put him uh, in in the speakers. We we had him all across the front LCR in the top. So every time he spoke, it was like this voice of God kind of thing. You were making good use of Dolby Atmos. We absolutely it, did. That sense, was a yeah. great use of Atmos for that. And um, he, uh, we used a, a really big. I think the reverb delay time was like twenty seconds or something <laughs> yeah. ridiculous like that. But he, uh, so he came in and and you know we we did a lot of his part uh, in production, but then there was a lot of looping as well. Um, multiple multiple sessions but one of the things we did was really in- interesting with him is we wanted to tell the story of how he was manipulating Kylo from the very beginning and we had this idea to have him one of the sentences when he says I have been every voice you have ever heard inside your head I went out and recorded um, uh, James Earl Jones record. and Andy Serkis and we had them all complete that sentence so we had them come in and read that 50 different ways and then we had uh, Ian do it as well and so we had that kind of bridge together to make that sort of sound design dialogue moment. So you had Snoke and Vader
0: and the Emperor. All yeah. Sort
1: of. To kind of tell that story about Snoke. And we had, when I mean, there was a couple of shots that Roger and the folks had put in of Snoke in the tank and all that, like mm-hmm. uh, proto proto Snokes in the bucket tank. of Snokes. <laughs> yeah. of Snokes. Snokes. <laughs> yeah. uh, I love that. I love that whole environment. And Dave hundred percent complimented that with the amazing ambiences and lightning force effects. Yeah, that was, um, the, the, sort of the mandate for Exegol was
2: uh, tense and, and scary, um, horror movie-like. Right. Um, even the, the lab, the Emperor's lab, is sort of uh, you know, reminiscent of Frankenstein's lab, that kind of thing. Uh, we had, a, I made some lightning for it that was sort of, rem, it was lightning-adjacent sound effects for, for Exegol.
0: Now, and, and, and is that... What relationship does that have to force lightning? Is it sort of this? Is it, is it kind of no, in the same? No, is no conceptually relationship. completely different. Completely different. So, and I, I, I,
2: the, to
0: that end,
2: uh, the lightning I had made for Exegol was, um, to JJ's ears, a little too close to lightning, mm. uh, too, too on the nose for lightning. And he was afraid that later in the movie, it might sound too much like force lightning. Right. He wanted it to be as differentiated as possible, all the sounds to be completely unique from each other, which is great. Uh, I just didn't go far enough with it. So the next pass, uh, his suggestion was to go like just animalistic, guttural, screechy, creepy, brain-melty, you know, crazy lightning. The lightning is coming from the center of the planet out right right here rather than down. So it's this different version of lightning. So it can't sound like traditional lightning. So we went with this... You know, just horrible, like screeching, you know, metallic sounding uh, lightning shrieks that sometimes are preceded by this sort of crackly rumble and it's sort of, you know, thing that happens,
0: Um, which is basically what he described how he wanted it to sound. And I just kind of made that. (laughs) And uh, pro pro tip when the director gives you an (laughs) imitation of what they want, use that. Go go for that. Exactly. And and so, uh, and that's kind of how
2: um, a lot of the, the movie goes, so it's where you you, you prepare um, your ideas, your sound design ideas, and some things get kicked back, some things right. uh, are approved. And when the, something gets kicked back, you sit down with the director and you hash it out until you know everybody's happy with what they're hearing. So, um, yeah, that's basically the evolution of the Exegol Lightning um, on that. It was, was a bit of a back and forth, and what we ended up with was this totally bizarre, scary. Um, kind of catches you off guard. Because uh, there's a lot of lightning flashes down there. There's a lot of very strobe lightning. And we don't right. want to hit every one of those because sure. that just gets... It would get exhausting. Exhausting. So we played around with the placement of that. Just some the, the heightened uh, tension moments when it, it's the most tense or the suspense is kind of hitting its peak and then maybe even wait a couple more beats and then hit you with that shrieky right. lightning um,
0: just to kind of help sell the idea of this scary environment that they're in. Yeah. I'm I'm curious about um, kind of the way you guys work with uh, director J.J. Abrams. Mm-hmm. Um, is is somebody embedded down in the cutting room with them yeah. to, to yeah. Sort, of, sort of kind of walk us through the process of like when do you guys start sending stuff down and, and, and how to, how does well, kind we, of how to, how do things flow?
1: We came on in it was around the first time we read the script was in September of 20. 20- 18. 18. So mm-hmm. uh, we went actually, uh, Kathy Kennedy had us go to Pinewood Studios in London. You had to go to London to read the script. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it, but there, it was a two part thing. I mean, she's actually been really amazing with uh, including sound in the process yeah. very early on. And that was something that was handed down from George Lucas. Sure. And so we would go out, read the script and actually go to the set meet the props guys, go to all the, the sets that they had up, the little locations they had around. We went through like a walk through the creature department and get to see the droid D.O. and actually how it works and mm-hmm. hold the lightsabers in our hands and that kind of stuff. So that was quite yeah, inspiring. Talking, talking yeah. to J.J. too. Yeah, we, and we try to, you know, we, he was shooting the day, one, the first day we were there, it was the first day um, Billy D. Williams was coming to the That's set. Right. Yeah. And a lot of people, yeah. I mean, uh, don't even know that that was happening i mean they they would distribute sides on a daily basis and a little plastic sheet that you had to return at the end of the day or you didn't come back the second day for work i mean they were very much very secretive about the script and so a lot of people on the crew didn't even know that billy d was going to be there that day they had him like hidden behind a screen and ladies and gentlemen billy d williams so we got to be there and i'm sure the crew went crazy yeah (sighs) yeah yeah and then it was raining it was at the base where he's sitting with Janna and she's telling him like at the very end, like right. where she's from, and that they shot that scene. Um, and I remember it was raining that day a little bit, so we all had to like huddle under the the, the Millennium Falcon as the rain, uh, yeah. you know. <laughs> so we're looking at each other like this like, is pretty fun. Yeah. But yeah, we would talk to JJ about you know, kind of hit the. It was mainly Do yeah. and and, um, and how we were going to handle the Emperor's transformation and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know any special voices or anything like that but he's shooting so we didn't really want to take him so far away from that but we read the script there and did that meeting for about a week and it was fantastic because it's very inspiring we go back and and take that information back with us to the ranch but so you come uh, back
0: and then you start building an, an effects library based on what you've seen and kind of what you read in the script and what you know is coming
2: the first thing we did uh because we ended up talking with jj the most about it was work on dio's vocal okay that was our first you know, um, design, but that's, uh, that's JJ's voice, isn't it? It was well, not initially, no, no, Oh, yeah. really? no, no yeah, yeah. It, went, it went through some, uh, some options. So I, I made just a bunch of DO vocal options. I had a little quick time of a scene. I was cutting different versions. Um, just here's, here's a variety pack, you know, how, you know, warmer or colder for any right. of these Sure. and it kind of zeroed in on a couple and then kind of zeroed it again and kind of, and again, and we got to a point where like, okay, this is Dio's vocal. And it was sort of a a light whistly sound that he he kind of made a very simple whistle, airy whistle sound, and made a library of that and passed it along Uh, to your question. We had, there's a guy that works for Bad Robot regularly. His name's Robbie Stambler. Uh, He's usually their embedded sound guy. Works a lot with the picture department um, uh, curating sound effects and that kind of thing handed off our library of Dio vocals to him and that was the first handover we did. That would have been December of twenty eighteen. Yeah. yeah. And then as things happen when you're working on a movie, you know, the ideas change and sure.
0: Um, that the uh, the idea for Dio's vocal evolved. Right. Yeah. So what was the first sequence that got handed over to you guys?
1: We, uh, got, speeder chase. Yeah, the speeder chase. Um, all the do sections. We were using this uh, system called Atris to pass stuff back and forth, so JJ could evaluate it on his iPads, and it was all very secure and encrypted. Right. Um, but then Robbie uh, would get sequences, and you're hoping he's not listening on earbuds. Yeah, so. <laughs> right. Yeah, Yeah. he's pretty tech savvy. JJ is yeah. pretty amazing, so he'll he'll give us the do. He'll put on some nice headphones and, and do that for us. But. Um, the, we got reels, actually, um, fairly early on, to, I think, of any of the Star Wars movies we've worked on, yeah. just to kind of get the keep the temp mix going, because the instruction was, you know, Robbie had to keep the temp mix going so they could continually screen. JJ likes to screen for his internal, uh, right. you know, folks. Or and, he'll have a friend in from out of town, he, and he'll, like, he may, he may want to screen it at any yeah, point, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so Bad Robots got that, all that facility there, so they were able to screen the movie right off the Avid continuously, so... As we got closer to more uh, higher VIP level screenings, towards later on, we Dave and I would come down and we would actually mix it inside their theater with a and just five one or what how would in you, five one yeah, yeah. yeah. so yeah. we'd stay in five one in the Avid and we'd keep everything in the Avid just because of the fluidity of the cut was happening so quickly it was hard to. You know, AAF back and forth and all that. So it's a very genteel way of saying that yeah. <laughs> things were volatile and it was changing up until the last last ten seconds. Kind of the way. I mean, the, all these movies, you know, happen in post. All these Star Wars yeah. big films, and so that that's something you have to just plan for. And, yeah. and and the best way to do it is we would just come down and power through a, a, a hard weekend and get the temp mix in shape, and then they'd play it on the Monday. And sometimes they'd have to make a DCP. Other times they just play right out of the avid. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, to keep those the IP's happy.
0: And then you premixed um, effects here in dialogue in Los Angeles mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. Fox Yeah. with Andy Nelson. Yep. And then um, and then the final happened. And so did was JJ much of a presence during the premixes or did you
1: did you not, really didn't see him until the not final? Not really. No. I mean, most of the conversations we would have would be during temp mix time or it, or it would be something that would come up that he'd hear. We 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 didn't want to put a spotlight on a lot of things. Like, hey, what do you think of this sound effect right now in this thing, out of context? Sure. You know, you it's best to play things in context. We yeah. find and, you know, how it's going with because the, the temp music is a big uh, factor there. And, and,
2: and that, that was that's the big driving force bet- behind not playing things out of context, especially sound effects. If you just play the sound of a speeder in a vacuum, here's the sound of the speeder by. How do you even, you know, how do you judge that? Yeah. And if you're sure. if you're if you're you know maybe the director, if you're JJ. You're also thinking about like a million other things, story and music and everything else. It's just, you know, how do you accurately? Well,
0: I'm glad you brought that up because certainly, you know, it's a hallmark of the Star Wars films and sort of the cinematic language of the Star Wars films that we've all grown accustomed to is they're I would say, I would describe it as music forward. Yeah. Um, there's a for lot sure. of score. You know, I think if, sure. if the if a Star Wars movie is 120 minutes, there's going to be 118 minutes of music. <laughs> yes. um, so, how do you, when you're thinking about sound effects, how do you, do you, are you anticipating that or you you can't really, when do you start to hear the score for the first time? Are you hearing mock ups? How, well, how does that work and how does it affect your work?
2: You're cutting against uh, temp music, against mock ups, um, which is usually, um, Older John Williams pieces, you know, from Star Wars. <laughs> from Star Wars, yeah. Star yeah, Wars. yeah, yeah. 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 So it's it, you're you're um you're in the you're probably probably in the ballpark when you're cutting against that temp music. It, it does change when you get the real score, and you don't usually get the real score on most
0: movies, including this one, until the final until the final, where, yeah. yeah. So, so you, you're really not in a situation where you say, ah, I'm not going to bother covering that because I know it's going to be covered, you know. You have to cover everything. Yeah, you have to cover everything. everything.
2: Yeah, yeah. Right. And I mean, you rely on, yeah, so Chris Carbozio was our um, effects mixer, effects and Foley mixer. And you rely you know, heavily on the mixers to um, make those differentiations between, is this a music moment, is this an effects moment? And then there were cases in this movie where JJ decided to just pull music out, you know, right. and then that's those moments where you're thankful that, you're, that you covered it. you're covered and you're prepared. So it's just not totally exposed. I mean, you have to remix at that point yeah. if you're prepared for
0: it to be a music moment and suddenly it's an effects moment. Can you give a, I'm just curious, can you give an example of a, of a, of a moment in Rise of Skywalker that became a, an effects moment that you weren't anticipating? Uh,
1: the beginning of the speeder chase. Oh that's right And also some of the shots of Exegol, I think then we take there was yes. the and, and and I gotta say John Williams was came to the final mix a few times. Yeah. And every time it was to actually he'd be like, You know what you could do here? You could take that out. You yeah. know, there was he was very gracious. It was never a He wasn't precious about it. No. No. It was never like every note's gotta be heard. He was just what's Doing right for the story here, and yeah. and so he he made some suggestions that were actually removing uh, removing I think music. in yeah.
2: the majority of the topside uh, Death Star lightsaber fight had music at one point, and right that got all lifted
1: out. So that until Kylo walks through the wall of water, then yeah. the music comes in again. Yeah, right. which I think was fantastic because yeah. it, it just really made it feel more threatening and real. And when that opening when they're they're, they're starting their fight there, it was
2: the the tie flip where she flips over Kylo's tie that had music at one point and we pulled that out so that was that's a fun effect that's a moment. stunning moment yeah.
0: yeah so that's really cool We're yeah tell me a head. little bit about the, the construction of that sequence from a set, from a from a sound design standpoint because it starts with you know she hears yeah uh, she hears Kylo's tie fighter mm-hmm. before she sees it
2: right so you, it's it's just a speck in the distance and uh, the sound of the the wind vaguely sounds like a distant tie fighter it's just sort of that is that a tie is that wind and then it's sort of that cut back and forth, and every time you cut to Kylo, it's just a little bit more powerful. It's a little more powerful. And now he's engaging the thruster, and now we're outside, and the rocks are kicking up in our face, and it's hit another gear. It's even possibly faster and stronger. He's shifted it up. He's shifting it up, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, <clears throat> as he finally approaches her, and she does that that slow motion flip, that was a moment where we kind of had a little bit of a back and forth about. Um, what that sound is is there no there was a moment there where that just went completely silent Mm. where she flips over and then we went uh, past where all you heard was you know the flap of her cape the cloth flap and the saber slice and then we added some rocks and then there there was a a point where you know there was an argument to hear maybe a hint of the tie fighter so we did this sort of sustained a TIE scream and heavy reverb that was, you know, kind of a little dreamy state there. And that's kind of where it landed. But um, that's a really fun sequence.
1: And that actually to to speak to your sound effects there, because I'm a huge fan, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but I just love it. Like we have so many classic sounds in Star Wars, you know, TIE fighters and lightsabers and Falcon and Chewbacca and all that. Um that we've been able to keep sacred in the in the restricted library here at it Skywalker Sound. Mm-hmm. But the fun thing is, like for a sequence like that, I mean, we only really have a few passbys and a of TIE fighters that were created back in the day by Ben Burt. So it's, you know, Dave's job to cre- create all those new, but they have to also sound like It has to be in the same universe. The right? Same universe. And so that whole sequence there it was a lot of new TIE Fighter effects that, to to make that work.
0: Yeah. So you have new Tie Fighters, so so th- th- this this teed up a question that I would. So if you have new lightsaber stuff, new Tie Fighter stuff, mm-hmm. new Chewbacca stuff, do you kind of dissect the way those sounds were originally built and recreate them, or what's your yeah. what's your approach to that?
2: Yeah, that that's that's the the best, and most straightforward approach is to just sort of. Well, Ben Burt still works at Skywalker. We still sure. see see Ben every morning um, at breakfast, and uh, he's, a, he's 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 an open book. You can ask Ben whatever you want about Star Wars, and I've known Ben for almost twenty years. Yeah, um, and uh, I've definitely learned um, everything I know about Star Wars sound from Ben. Obviously, who else would you learn that from? Right. But one of the things is, as far to your question about Tie Fighters, is you know what's the recipe for making the sound of a Tie Fighter pass by? And it's this elephant scream, and this—that's uh, uh, the the main sound is that Tie scream. But then there's this. Race car on wet pavement sound that kind of goes under it, and so to make my new ties, just take that recipe, slightly different ingredients, and make new tie fighters. So there's elephant scream, but it's a different elephant scream, and I tried some other animal, you know, horrible screams and yells <laughs> and uh, different vehicle passbys to kind of lay in with it, uh, and I think what we ended up with was sort of this um, maybe next gen. TIE fighter sound that kind of, uh, we used, uh, for that scene. And
0: then later in the movie in the big space battle. And then I, am just curious, you know, one of the, for me, one of the most heartbreaking moments of the film is when Chewbacca finds oh, out about Leia's death. Yeah. I know. Yeah. It's a, and, and that sound that he makes is just. Yunus.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jonas, um, uh, who, who's in the who's, suit, the, the actor who's performing yeah, the actor yeah. in the suit has, uh, he's, he can actually do some great vocalizations really? himself. Yeah, we used, I think it's the only the only one that's in there is the, when they get captured. Oh, he makes that kind of when they all get sound. captured when it's, uh, and uh, uh, he's, he has that little plaintive cry that he does, like, I can't even do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it, that's, that's actually on us. And I don't know, like we, I know you guys worked on that, the reaction to Leia's death. That's effects. Yeah, yeah, that was effects, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's just fun to watch him on set. And like, and speaking also to JJ and his involvement in our in our sound creation process, I know, like for example, BB8, uh, we have a library of BB8 sounds sure. that have been created over the last few films, um, and it's very dear to JJ's heart that character. And I know that he really wanted to, to make sure we just didn't, you know, put in samples again for what you just reuse other yeah. stuff, right? Yeah, and so we actually went through with Dave and they and and JJ. There's a way, a uh, tactile way for JJ to actually be involved in the performance of, of BB-8. Really? So, yeah, they spent a long time creating yeah. a lot of new, line, new tracks. Line by line for BBA. 8 That very first uh, one, I think, is the the one where when the tree crashes up oh, yeah. and he's like, hello, oh, yeah. I'm over here, <laughs> yeah. like, hello. I gets like, a laugh it's, every time. It's yeah. that, that was so great to hear because those didn't come in until kind of late in our process. And yeah. so I always love that when we're working on the film. And then we're actually laughing and, and enjoying it, and that was one of the first things in the premiere yeah. when we watched it. But like everyone was cracking up at the yeah. his, little, uh, his plaintive little look. Opener. I'm a Star
0: Wars geek. I saw the movie three times in the theater. I got a laugh every time I saw. Oh, it. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I want to ask you about Carrie Fisher, um, mm-hmm. obviously, who who passed away yeah. after uh, after the last film. And yeah. so, her performance in this film was uh, kind of pieced together from yeah. outtakes and scenes that weren't used in. Force Awakens is that yeah that so
1: we we it, we had a lot of outtakes from Force Awakens uh, that we were able to pull from visually to get her and they've cra- you know Chris Terrio and JJ uh, Chris Terrio the writer uh, went and kind of structured scenes around what they had for her reactions right we really you know Carrie Fisher is like the soul of Star Wars we love her and we've it was all such had- a blow yes, to not I have
0: her mean, on this film
1: yeah yeah she passed away you know after we had finished Last Jedi. Um, the previous movie so this movie we had no, no and nothing that was intended to be in this movie so everything was repurposed and we really wanted to treat that with respect and uh so audio wise we were able to uh, bring things in uh, from those same outtakes we actually and i actually mined a lot of her um, behind the scenes footage really yeah that we had uh, huh. a lot of uh, material from and so a combination of technology and an editorial we were able to make those work and it's all her voice so it's everything is from Carrie Um, and yeah we just we treated that with respect and 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 even the younger Carrie that's in the flashback sequence when she's learning the force or are doing her final trials with Luke in the forest there that's actually we brought in Billy Lord her daughter and then her daughter and she she vocalized for us and she also I believe was the body model our body for when they shot that and they used Footage from *Return of the Jedi* um, for her face, and when the mask gets lifted up, so we wanted that to really work. And, um, and yeah, and you certainly
0: she, didn't want to bring a sound alike in or right. any kind of nonsense like that. Right. It would have been really, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So we were very happy to be have that all be sourced from Carrie, and and uh, JJ had some note from Carrie or something something from Carrie that said something about they were going to work together again and that it was at the end of force awakens when right. jj had no idea that he would have going to direct this film right yeah, yeah so he kind of felt that that was a connection to something otherworldly in a way that they mm-hmm. were together and she i think she would have really enjoyed the way she was portrayed and, and how the send off for of the character was it's extremely you know. respectful yeah
0: and then of course you know knowing what you know when the character dies in the film right. it's just a, it's especially
1: yeah sacrificing herself to you know to keep the sun and And Ray from fighting and all that, like you know, to to bring that gravitas to the situation. I think that was a big turning point for all the you know all the characters in the movie. That death was really well handled.
0: Mm -hmm. And just from a construction of the film standpoint, that that whole sequence between with the fight with Ray and 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 Kylo, and then her death, and then it kind of it kind of culminates in this you know sequence where where you know Ben is talking to. Know, Han Solo, yeah. to his father, That's, and certainly the first time you hear Han Solo's voice, yeah, like, hey
2: kid, yeah, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. Adam's the, performance the, in that is just phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The the audience that I was with the first time you hear Han Solo's voice, they just they lost their yeah. they lost their minds.
2: Yeah, I'm impressed that that was kept as uh, spoiler free as as it was. It
1: seemed like it anyway. Yeah, I don't, I don't think any of that got out. Yeah, uh, I didn't see anything. Kind
0: of well, and thing. I wanted to ask you from just from a sound perspective because, you know, it's such a shocking moment and. It almost felt like I mean you're on the you know you're on mm-hmm. the world with the ruins of the Death Star there's this crazy storm going on mm-hmm. there's from there's a cacophony of sound but I feel like you guys almost took everything out yeah pretty much and it's yeah. really just the, their voices it's, it was a mirroring
1: of the scene in in Force Awakens in a way like we tried to like when they're on the you know there's even lines of dialogue that are the same from that scene but Bringing it very minimalist there, and there was even an instruction at one point to have the "Hey kid" line come in on a on a gust of wind, like it was almost hmm. like he was a ghost or some form of you know apparition, where in his mind, but it was going to be like "Hey kid," you know, like and yeah. that all happened off screen. Um, but yeah, very very yeah, minimalist. yeah, with everything
2: kind of tames down basically once he starts speaking, and we kind of get more inside there inside
1: Kylo's head, I guess you'd say, get sure. kind of really small and intimate in that moment yeah and we didn't have to loop Harrison which I was grateful for (laughs) like I just I want just I I I really want the life of that scene to just be what they performed and because we did have to loop a couple things in in Harrison's death scene in the previous movie and that's always a challenge you're like it's hard to get them it's it's hard to get them into that headspace. I mean he's obviously a professional and everything worked great but it's just it's so much better when you can it's a big ask hold on to the original which you know um, Stuart Wilson's recording on this film was the our production recorders was fantastic and that man loves Star Wars and is such a artist at his job and yeah. the the tracks we get from him are incredible. So our dialogue team of uh Cheryl Nardi and James Spencer and Rich Quinn had to, you know, yeah. cut that all together and make that happen and, and we salvaged we used a lot of production in the movie, which yeah. was great. That's really unusual on a Star Wars movie. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I mean I did do a considerable amount of looping on the job as well, but it was you just have to cover your bases as far as what's going to work.
0: Now, do you still have your portable ADR studio on your on your MacBook on my backpack? That, you run, that you run around and I do. record all over the world?
1: I recorded the majority of the ADR in the movie. Yeah. So I went to Bad Robot actually recorded a lot there. Um, went to various hotel rooms and all over the world. And So how does it work? You have a laptop and you actually have. Do you do, you do like streamers and pops mm-hmm. and the whole thing? Streamers, the- beeps. I've got a headphone monitoring system uh i've got you know all the plugins so i can do the when we play it back it's got the reverb correct and everything and yeah it's just something jj is ensconced down there at bad robot when he's cutting so i i make everything comes to jj yeah so there's two or three rooms there that i can bounce into and create a quick looping stage and when they're doing any pickup shooting i try to get down there and because like sure. all the actors are there and um I just want to make it as my my goal is to make it as easy and effortless as possible for the director just to be able to pop in and do the looping and and not have to go away and go somewhere and do it. Yeah. Um, we did do uh, some sessions in London with Goldcrest uh, with Mike Tarani and he was great. I've used him on all the Star Wars films. So, maybe. what's the what's the oddest place you've done an ADR recording session? Um, the la- the very last recording we did was uh, we had to change some lines of Kylo when he had his mask on and i had to fly out to new york and get you know adam was in the middle of doing press for the 14 movies he's on right now <laughs> he's and had a busy year he has and yeah. i saw him in yeah. the
0: spring on you know and burn this on broadway so right, some, somehow somehow he that. managed to wedge yeah. a whole broadway run in the middle of this it was incredible extraordinary yeah. string of
1: work so he i went to his house um in brooklyn and we ended up having to there was so many he he had just got a new area to work like his office and so there was no furniture and so I had to come in there and like it was just an echo chamber yeah so I ended up opening up one of his closets where he had all of his suits and I just pushed the suits out (laughs) of the way and said hang your head in here and I put the mic in there and I gave him the headphone and I fed everything in there and I closed the doors behind him and pushed him into the room so (laughs) so we did those and I was able to like get Source Connect connected to JJ back in L.A. And then oh, so he monitored the sensor. oh, he wanted I, that's the other thing that we do. We do it live, so JJ can be watching. I have a laptop set up for JJ with Source Connect, so he can watch in sync. Wow! And so then we looped those last two or three lines and uh, stuffed in there. And then and then yeah, JJ. And then uh, Adam left to go do like Seth Meyers show like immediately after that. But that was kind of a strange one. And the other one was for Ian McDermid when we were doing the emperor stuff there was a a vo that we wanted to change where he's explaining to all the things that are going to happen bad to her friends if he if she doesn't sacrifice him and that was kind of a a montage sequence and we wanted to change some of the dialogue there we couldn't get ian was like way in remote scotland where he (laughs) lives and doesn't have good wi-fi can barely pick up cellular coverage but i was able to get a little apogee microphone sent to him and I told him over the phone how to hook it into the iPhone and, and, and work it. And
0: I presume he is not terribly tech savvy. No, not really. He's the sweetest guy ever.
1: Um, it's so fun to listen to him like talk all sweetly. And then he goes right into the emperor and it's like, <laughs> <laughs> wow, amazing voice. So so he uh, yeah, I gave him that mic and it was a time difference. So he's up really late after a party and he's like, I'm going to have to wait till the wind dies down because he's right on the ocean. And so he recorded all these scenes and I'm, I'm listening. He had another phone that I could listen to him with. And then we got the recordings and you have to send it through uh, iMessage. So he's trying to send it and it's not the little zip files not going. And he had to walk down to the beach like in the middle of the night, <laughs> lightning storm. So he's trying to find cell, <laughs> coverage cell coverage to see that the thing says delivered on my iMessage to me. And he's yeah. like, and I'm like, oh, please don't let the emperor get struck by lightning. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the irony. After, yeah. And he said it was yeah. like being on Exegol. It was exactly the same. Big lightning everywhere. And we got those files and put them in like, like you know, three days before we finished. But those were fun times. That's why you needed it right away. Because you guys were coming down on the wire. We were coming down to the wire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot of things. I mean, that's, that's sort of the... Method, I think he, you know, when we're in the final mix, it's go time for JJ, and we're all, and we have such a crew that, you know, we just need to know we have all the options available for him. Sure. And I think,
0: well, he likes to play on the final mix. He likes to play, stuff. and it, yeah. that's yeah. his
1: his moment. I mean, he's worked with Andy Nelson forever, and Chris Scarabosio on a few films now, and all of the crew that we had on our film had done time with them and understood like that the nature of how this is, and we actually, I think,
0: had a great crew. We had I just, a great crew, just to yeah. kind of
1: mention. Our crew yeah some. no no I wanted to give you guys yeah. an
0: opportunity obviously yeah. you have the you have the nomination but you you, you did not do this by yourself no, no way. so no please no, no, no. yeah you yeah. you mentioned a, a few folks in the editorial team but yeah, yeah. anybody you, you want to give a shout out to
2: so, yeah so uh, I just like an a-list um, effects editing crew of uh, Addison Teague and Justin Doyle um, yeah. uh, cutting effects um, uh, fully editing we had D Selby and Richard Gould um this great Foley walking crew of uh, uh, Ronnie Brown and Blake Collins, Frank Ronella, Margie O'Malley, mm-hmm. and uh, Koya Elliott um, was, a,
1: was kind of an effects assistant for us in the show. Yeah. And then so, yeah, dialogue I kind of mentioned already, but yeah. And we had an assistant, uh, Trey Turner yeah as well did you but mention dialogue already i did it was like yeah I, when i was talking about who cut all the oh the, the okay stuff but we can say it again no, that's okay. you start <laughs> cheryl, talking my mind cheryl. just kind of like yeah, just counting yeah, the blinds just, in the window hear there. Anymore. I just, <laughs> is he still talking it's a droning on and on when's my turn <laughs> uh, cheryl nardi james spencer rich quinn yeah so we uh, we had a great crew for all that yep yeah. but surprisingly not a huge crew not a huge crew no no
0: no, not at all. I mean, but we, uh, but that's been that's been kind of the norm for you guys on the Star Wars films. It's, it's a it's yeah. a it's a small it's a small band of of
1: very uh, talented folks. And, yeah. But
0: you guys had them on for for a while
1: longer. Yeah, we yeah. our crew our crew time is usually longer. That was a George thing too. He always liked fewer people on longer time. Right, right. Um, sometimes I would joke just the way things come together with JJ sometimes I'll be like oh well just no one will work on it until the last month and we'll hire 50 people and like yeah. but that, that that wouldn't work either I mean JJ really that has isn't, a personal that
0: is, that is an approach that other people do yeah I'm sure <laughs> I mean yeah. now that we've done this will be you know
1: I think I helped out on the first Star Trek with Ben and then but then we I think we've had like close to five films with JJ, with JJ now and I he likes the familiar faces and he's, yeah. he's a very personable like you know, knows our names and like sure. he's very like involved in our process. And so I, I think it's nice for him to see familiar faces. He knows our names. Well, I just mean on the stage. <laughs> it's not like he's like you make you, that you, work. Yeah, you, you sound person. He's very, very involved in you know, yeah. our crew choices. And, yeah. And that kind of thing. So for sure. And yeah. So we've we've talked about some of the major kind of
0: set pieces. We also there were some fun new characters in this one. Yeah. Martin Frick and what? Claude. I yeah. Claude. Claude. Yeah. 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 Uh, I just wanted to kind of uh, just ask you guys: Are there any other like really your favorite sound moments from the film that maybe maybe are the less obvious ones, but that you kind of kind of make you pleased as uh, as my you favorite know they're, is
1: they're his, coming up? I, I my favorite I will always be my favorite is uh, Palpatine giving his big Force lightning up to the entire fleet. Is like hands down. Like I just laugh. I love it. It's a, so unorth- unorthodox. What you've done.
2: It was a it was a JJ. <laughs> J.J. sort of uh, idea uh, again. Um, He has the the best sound ideas uh, when it comes to these things. Um, So it was... This is when the Emperor is activating the fleet. He's he's going to fire the ultimate blast of force lightning into the sky and take down the rebel fleet, disable their ships. And uh, he's just got this, you know, overhead shot of him and he just kind of does this boom. And so we had like a big, powerful electrical force blast in there, and JJ, was like, oh, JJ says, "Yeah, you know, could be cooler." And uh, you know, what what if like what would it sound like if you're in that room, like, and it just like blows out the microphone, and just like, you know, just it, you, your brain can't even comprehend the sound. Like, what would that sound like? Like, mm, okay, <laughs> so I made a thing, yeah, and. Uh, i made a thing (laughs) so the the root sound is like this electric toothbrush on like a piece of uh, sheet metal i think i'd recorded not specifically for that but i I had had in my um in my library and uh, i took that sound because it's got like this sort of ratty metallic sound to it and i just started blowing it out um i just sort of overdriving it overdriving it adding more low end and it just turned into this thing that he does when he Fires it up and. Super atmos too. Chris went. Nuts oh for yeah, that just one, yeah. totally atmos moment there. <laughs> and, well, sure, because um, the ships are over your head. Yes. Yeah. And JJ JJ heard that it was like great. That's it. Yeah. That's yeah. it. Yeah.
0: Sold. So that's yeah, fine. that's
1: a fun moment. And and Babu Frick is actually uh, Shirley Henderson, the actress um, who
0: who we remember as Moaning Myrtle.
1: That's right. right. Yeah. From yeah. the Harry Potter movies. Yeah. And yeah. and the funny thing was I didn't know that. So when you know we go through the list with jj early on i kind of go through and like are these characters because we have puppeteer voices and temp voices and all there so i'm like how many of these things are you feeling like you're married to and do you want me to go out because i have a great loop group with terry douglas Mm -hmm. um and we'll go out and get you know 25 actors to do all kinds of great voices for the show and i was told that's the puppeteer voice that's and so and i was like okay well typically we usually replace that right so I went and investigated some folks and then but like even for me I was like God that's a really good like it's funny like it's, really, it's funny. <laughs> really funny yeah and uh, I was like we sure we want to do that but then I heard that it was actually the reverse was that she was hired to do that part but she was so good at it in her improvisation that they taught her how to do the puppetry so she could do the mouth while she was improving
0: she's performing she's the performing the mouth.
1: To- uh, because she's improving a lot of the dialogue, they wanted her to be able to, so we didn't have to post-match it, you know. So I was like, okay, that makes sense. So we, we salvaged, the entire performance is all production. Mm-hmm. And then funnily enough, we brought her in uh, for the foreigns, for all the international mixes. Because there's a few lines where she says, like, you know, Droid is ready, and like, right. where it's in English. And so <clears> we had her phonetically learn all of the different It was <laughs> like all of the main ones. All of them. So she she's like, also the voice of yeah. Babu Frick in yeah. every foreign language version of the So we so just versions. went through it over. We went to uh, Shepperton at the end. We I go over and uh, we sort of supervise the initial mixes for that, uh, for all the internationals, which we have set up over there at Shepperton. And so we had, and she's in she's in uh, the UK, so we were able to bring her down in, and she just, we had a specialist on the phone listening, and then they would just go through every single one, and she phonetically did the languages, and she nailed it. just, and she's really talented voice actor as well as actor in general. Mm. So that was fun to have Babu Frick in there and then have, a, have, have Babu Frick live all the way to the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. It was great, too. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. But uh, Babu, I'm trying to think of anything else uh, really new that, gosh. That,
2: that, that moment where, uh, where Leia dies and that sort of um, force, uh, kind of a force connect moment, I guess, between yes. Kylo and, and, and Leia, that whole sequence was a fun Evolution, sound-wise, there because there's the music is a very minimal thing in that moment, and I think the music actually goes out, goes to one little tone for a little bit, yeah. And the way we constructed, and this is again, this is collaboration. This is JJ, this Mm is you know Chris Carbozio myself, um, uh, Marianne Brandon. Uh, The way the waves crash, matching on the cuts, there's sort of a heartbeat element with the waves crashing. Um, the way the ambiences sort of trade off hmm. and then kind of go very minimal in that moment. Uh, and then finally Leia's breath, the way her final exhale and it kind of carries back over to the scene. It, it just ties all those cuts back and forth right. really nicely. And my favorite thing in that little moment, it's just a small thing where you cut back and you see Kylo's own sword sticking out of him with Ray's hand on it. There's no sound for that. It, it's yeah. just totally quiet right there, even though the you have the sword's like right in your face. I love that. because yeah. It's so much more powerful. It's just like this stark like, Oh my you know, yeah. he's, he's dead, basically. She's right. killed him. Right. Um and then when she pulls it out, you kinda come back to reality. I love that moment for yeah. some reason. Yeah.
0: Nice. But those force connect moments I, I absolutely. Mm. The the interesting thing to me about the Force Connect moments is that, that through the films that's given you guys some really interesting
1: Yeah. Yeah. Opportunities to play, yeah, connecting them through the force like that, yeah, and we we definitely, and he took it, you know, JJ amped it up way huge in this one because they actually could touch each other and he, they have a sword. He fight. Pulls the, you know, the, the necklace. Physical elements her. are going back yeah, and forth yeah. as well, right? Yeah. That's how
0: he finds out that she's actually on in in, yeah. in his in his bedroom on the Death yeah. Star, right? right, or on the uh, on the Star Destroyer. That's right. So how do you so how do you approach that? Are you doing anything? in terms of like, are they sharing ambiences as well? From a sound perspective, how, are you, how do you build those 4 yeah, sequences?
2: It's a similar to, uh, approach to what I was uh, talking about with the Leia moment, where the ambiences kind of share and then they kind of become one thing. Um, the the sounds within that space, that connect space are different. So the sword fight, all the sound effects of the lightsabers, the, 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 the swishes and the clashes and all those moments, are not traditional saber yeah. sounds they're all unique right. sounds to that weird space um, and that was again that was um, a thing that we came up with with JJ is that is that an editorial
0: thing or is that a mixing thing are you are it's you, editorial it is yeah so well there's no there's you're a actually mixing creating component. different you're using
1: different sounds it's,
2: it's different sounds altogether but I mean and then from the mixing standpoint you know there's um, there's layers and layers of reverbs that yeah we're using and, we, and we
1: pre would we would cut dialogue lines. It's a pre delay, like pre verb into the each right. so it's like coming in and yeah. you
2: know. Yeah. 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 So there's it's it's a it's a we're playing around with the dialogue, we're right. playing around even with the Foley footsteps, there's everything in that space is completely unique and different than real space. It's supposed to completely take you out. And then in both of those moments, uh, there's always that hard snap back to reality. Yeah. Right. And you you, you immediately kind of realize that you were just someplace else. Right.
0: Well, you guys have had a long, long run with Star Wars. Yeah. Just give it. Just tell us a little bit about when you started um, and how long you've been working on Star Wars.
1: Uh, I think the first. Well, I started here in 1990, so that's uh, this year's 30 years. Um, in fact, this room that we're in was one of my first job interviews, which is kind of weird. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, the first Star Wars thing I did was working on because uh, I started on the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles. Where we were testing, right. we were getting that ready to to uh, use this digital technology that we were developing here called Soundroid. We used that um, on Young Indy, which was sort of the testing ground for the prequel movies. George sure. knew he wanted to make more movies, and so this was, you know, we were doing it on a TV show. Um, but then the first Star Wars thing I think I worked on was. I helped on some of the special the editions. The special editions yeah. that came out, what, in 97? Like 97, they, so it was like 96, I was thinking I was working on them. Right. Um, and then after that, I, I forged a relationship with Ben Burt and uh, we did all the prequels, and we remastered the movie. The four, five, and six we remastered several times, actually, like mm-hmm. for yeah, DVD, DVD then Blu-ray. Blu-ray, and then just most recently we did a home Atmos and a theatrical Atmos version for... D-plus. Uh, for D-plus, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, the, all the prequel movies, and then it just so happened that the first director out of the gate for the new Disney era was J.J. Abrams, and we'd already had a relationship with him from the Star from Trek Star films. Trek, right? And uh, we started doing that, and then it became that we were the Star Wars guys. After that, you know, mm-hmm. we kind of been the keepers of the library and the, the holocron here, and just hiring new people in and. and Having that happen and having Ben Burt here is a fantastic resource. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Just shepherding all the new directors coming in and letting them have Star Wars as part of their toolbox and the sound, and that's what we do.
2: I I came in on episode two
1: on Attack of the Clones. Matt hired me
2: uh, out of, I was production at the time, working as a boom operator.
0: Yeah.
2: And uh, yeah, I did that for like six or seven years and uh, boom and and, and utility cable. And um, Matt hired me on Attack of the Clones as his apprentice for, for. um, for the show for mainly assisting Matt and, and Ben um, and then just kind of stayed with the star Wars uh, train um, for, I guess it's
0: almost been 19 years now from apprentice to Academy award nominee.
1: How about that? Nice.
0: Yeah. And you guys, and you guys juggled this with Mandalorian, which is pretty, yeah. pretty amazing. And yeah. c- congratulations. You guys won the, uh, the golden reel at the, at the MIPsies. Yeah. Yeah. For yeah. the yeah. Mandalorian.
2: Yeah. I, 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 we have to, uh, you don't know, mention Bonnie Wilde, who's really the,
1: the heavyweight champion on that show. She mixes yeah. the show?
2: She mixes and cuts the show. Yeah, she I cuts see. all the, the the effects for the show. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. We have a great team of folks here at Skywalker. So, yeah, there was Mandalorian and the Clone Wars new season that is going to be coming out. And uh, a couple other little ancillary things. Yeah. A, a video game. All going on at the same time. So. Of course. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, For the looping thing, I was running around and doing both those shows with my little looping package, but I tried to make it work so we could, you know, like maximize our airplane tickets to, to <laughs> New York. I think I went to New York like every week. But uh, did you end up looping Taika
0: Watiti for? Uh, I did. Yeah, we should. I, I, I. We should have some off off yeah. the record conversation about that because he's a nut. That's oh my gosh, so much, fun. so fun.
1: Yeah, we recorded him at uh, Playa Vista where the editorial offices right. were, and yeah great all because his old this old droid performance was, was looped and he is he's hilarious and offbeat and but super professional at the same time
0: so that was a great day he was one of the first recipients of the the dolby sound fellowship for uh, a movie that he did called oh. hunt for the wilder people
1: oh cool and oh, wow. we
0: were we were in post on that yeah. when he got hired to direct thor ragnarok nice oh, so God. a few weeks later we were at sundance and we were doing some press and i was just sitting off to the side and somebody asked him you know how did the Dolby Fellowship come about and and how did you receive this and he just turns to me and he says well I met Glenn in a massage parlor in Bangkok nice. <laughs> <laughs> How? he could have been a stand-up comic yeah 100% if he, 100%, had, been a, if he yeah. had been a very talented film yeah. director
1: no he is funny. yeah
0: well thank you guys for taking the time to uh, thank you to thank sit you, down man. and talk with us about uh, Star Wars if you guys didn't miss the conversation that we had a month ago yeah. uh, if you missed it uh, that's also up on Dolby's YouTube channel um, and we had a lot of fun talking about the what was the 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 the, the, the McClunky. McClunky the McClunky the McClunky yes yeah. as well as lots of other Star Wars related <laughs> topics it's a good it's a good companion piece to this yeah. more sober conversation yeah we didn't drink,
1: we didn't have a wine we didn't here. have wine like we had oh. last time <laughs>
0: oh well it's 11 o'clock in the oh, morning true. <laughs> true but thanks for tuning in it's been, uh, it's been fun having you guys and thank congratulations you. on your well deserved nomination thank and, you very much Glenn. Uh, absolutely you. it's always good to talk with you thanks again for uh, tuning in this is Glenn Kaiser from Dolby Institute and the Soundworks Collection until next time